lighting a bong and then Robin Hood mirrors that with him. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh my God. Or he, he just, or he just gets next to him and patiently waits and then waits for it to pass to him. Oh, he's got a, his celebration has to be like that Robbie Fowler, um, you know, snorting yeah. the, uh, the line, the end line. Yeah. So he's got to actually yeah. use the, um, the goalpost as the bong. Cause you've got to, you've got to use some props here and you've got to use what you've got. I, I, I think you. what he needs to do is like, if he scores, Bongi needs to go to the corner flag and Brendan lock like a catapult and pretend that he's lobbing stuff to people. I think it's his awesome. own personal t-shirt camera. Exactly. He's like, Shh. Hello, comrades, and welcome to the 55-1 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined by Corey Schreppel, Rodrigo sanchez Cheveria, Mark Fangmeyer. Um, hello, everyone. I hope your week is going well. It's a Monday, at least when we're recording. Monday, no Monday. idea when you're listening to this. You were listening to this like three years later because you're one of those sickos who goes back and listens to old, out-of-date podcasts. It's actually um, just us going back to fact check ourselves. Oh God, I, I would never re-listen that's what to Mark this does, stuff. Isn't it? Mark, no. you go you go back to like the beginning of the season podcast and uh, towards the end. And, and just, I mean, I I once went back to our season preview podcast to see what like specifically our predictions were in that section. But you did it once. I well, did it once. Yes. Uh, in this podcast, we are going to talk about the three one uh, late spanking of uh, Colorado Rapids by Minnesota United. We've got a little bit of news here that we're going to talk about first, and we're going to preview bong rip day 420 in Madison, Wisconsin. Everyone smoke them. If you got them, it's going to be a good one this week. Uh, but let's start with a little bit of, uh, of tapas news, the good, the bad, and the weird Katarina Macario is uh scored an Olympico this weekend for Lyon. Anyone want to describe this other than it was a corner kick that went into the goal? <laughs> it was a corner kick that went into the goal. <laughs> yeah. And unlike was it unlike the the who was it Charlotte in MLS that had yeah, the Olympic yeah, against goal? Brad Guzan. Un, 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 like Brad Guzan, who we'll, we'll talk about later in the news. Unlike that, which uh, was an Olympico because Brad Guzan um, got a hand on it and deflected it in. This was just just a straight up beautiful shot. And uh, but. But isn't an Olympico only happens in the Olympics? So when you score a corner no. kick, yeah, isn't that where it's got its name in the Olympics? That's why it's called Olympico. Well, yeah, and otherwise it's a, it's just a sparkling goal. Is that that what you're saying? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. It comes from the. It comes from. <laughs> the, it doesn't happen in from the, the Olympics. Pieces. Is that an Olympico? All right. That's that's my uh, stand. Uh, Seattle Sounders are in the CCL finals uh, against. Pumas, it's a two-leg series, April 27th, May 4th. Uh, I'm definitely going to watch that over at Blackhawk uh, or Blackheart, whatever it is, whatever that place is called. Um, that fucking bar. We, we, <laughs> the, the, the great thing is, great news is that this is the season when all the ETR just wanking goes on. Extra Time Radio, the, the realtors are just going to go crazy with this lead up and then Seattle Sounders are going to bottle this and it's just going to be beautiful. Um, but I've got a few Sounders friends who live in town, so I'll watch this with them. Uh, 
including the uh the the seattle sounders writer mark kastner is uh is moving moving to uh saint paul so uh so he he's requested to be on this podcast and i told him no um good news minnesota aurora's single tickets uh single match tickets went on sale last friday so that means you can still get your season tickets uh we have over 3,000 season tickets sold um, but now you can also get the individual matches. There's only six ga- home games in the season, right? It runs May 26th is the, the home opener. You should definitely try to be there and try to basically uh, make history. It's going to be the first game in the club history, and, uh, and I think it's going to be pretty awesome. So go to the, the website, check that out, um, help us sell that stuff out. And it will almost certainly sell out. So you definitely want to buy your tickets sooner rather than later. Yep, you got to buy them tomorrow, basically. Yeah. Otherwise, 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 you're just going to be screwed. Yep. You're going to be very sad and disappointed. Yeah, you never, don't be sad. Um, our homeboy, Batman, Miguel Ibarra, scored for the Charlotte Independents. Uh, why they let him, uh, well, I guess they didn't let him at the top of the box be open. He's Batman, so he shows up at the top of the box and he scored. Uh, it's great to see that dude getting on the uh the, the the team sheet name sheet what do you call that score sheet score sheet thank you sheet I'll buy a vowel the scores yeah speaking of uh, buying a vowel I don't uh, <laughs> I don't know what this is <laughs> that was one of the best transitions I've ever heard wow I don't know what I'm saying um, uh, big news for women's soccer in that uh, the the first time we are ever going to have an NWSL owner as lady thor so we got an image of that is lady thor the name of the character lady thor they couldn't do better than that no the name of the character is jane dr jane foster but she becomes lady thor she becomes what's called mighty thor right or um it's it's been referenced as both throughout marvel and this has been uh, widely debated on the Twitter right. whether her character because we don't know we don't know what she's gonna be called in the movie uh, so this is the Thor Love and Thunder uh, sequel it is uh, it's gonna be fun but Natalie Portman uh, shows up right at the end of the trailer wielding Mjolnir the, um, the Thor's hammer and uh, Thor looks uh, mighty surprised that um Princess Amidala is now um, a goddess of thunder. Yeah. Who saw oh. that resurrection? <laughs> All right, I'm moving on. Um, the bad here, Zach Steffen was doing, uh, he, he's been hanging out with the wrong sorts, learning bad lessons, learning bad uh, things from Ederson. And, uh, oh man, he let in an absolute howler this week against Liverpool. Um, ooh. No, hard, hard to make up. And, you know, Zach Steffen then posted kind of like a, uh, you know, hey, I messed up. I'm going to try to be better type thing, which is like really all you want to see from a, a player. It's got to be tough going through that stuff. And owning up to your failures is uh, is a healthy thing to do. Um, really bad is that San Jose fired Matias Almeida. Um, or I guess I guess it's it's mutual. <laughs> But that I dude mean, that dude has been trying to get fired for years. When you sign Calvo, um then you you know that they're trying to get fired. That's that's how it, it worked for uh Do you think, for, for do you think Matias Almeida reached out to Adrian Heath was like, Hey, how do I get 
fired. And he's like, well, here's how I didn't get fired. Yeah. I sold Calvo. Yeah. And then he just put it all together. Got to keep it. Yep. Uh, that's <laughs> I mean, Calvo is definitely... He's a bad player. So um, it's too bad because Almeida was just a blast. I hope that he finds his way back to a club, uh, including Minnesota United someday. I mean, he was never a particularly great manager. But there's there's rumors that um, he might move to the Chilean national team. And I am 100 (laughs) percent on board for Matias Almeida bringing like man marking chaos ball to Conma Bowl. And uh I can't wait to see Vidal playing center back. That's going to be so great. (laughs) (laughs) He'll put him in striker, man. Uh, Vidal's going to be a goalkeeper. (laughs) And then here's our weird, which is that uh, uh, Brad Guzan, this is bad for Brad Guzan. He's he's out with a a season-ending Achilles injury. But uh, guess who's coming in? It's Bobby Shuttleworth. Uh, There's there's one uh, fan I know, friend, who I have stood with in Wonderwall many times who was just madly in love with Bobby Shuttleworth. And I, uh, I, I still call her a friend, even though I question her judgment. Um, so yeah, there we go. Her boyfriend, Bobby Shuttleworth is going to be in goal for Atlanta and they are, they are a struggling team right now. And, you know, I hope Bobby does well. He doesn't have uh, Calvo there to, uh, to bring him really down. And like, we'll see how much time he has because they're, there's rumors floating around that they're going to bring in the youngest child from Malcolm in the Middle, Ethan Horbath, mm-hmm. um, that they want to bring him in on loan, which is like, I'm sure that the U.S. men's national team is like, well, Zach Steffen is going to they're also linked, essentially be a... They're also linked to a, a keeper named Josh Cohen who plays at Maccabi Haifa as well. So, yeah. So, we'll, we'll see. They'll sign both. Yep. Do we sell Freddie Emmings at this point then? To Atlanta, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we do. Uh-huh. Um, well, let's uh, let's take a break here, and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about uh, MNUFC two and a bunch of other things. Back on the fifty five one podcast, let's do some Minnesota United news. Ramon Metnier, he's out for. A few weeks, it's kind of vague. Um, there was an inflammation of the same hamstring injury that he's been kind of plagued with for the last uh, for, uh, forever now. Um, yeah, and we don't know how long he's going to be out and when he's going to be back. And all, honestly, would you guys want him to be like, take like a month off or like a month and a half off to make sure that hammy issue has really been taken care of and then come back in? Or do you just want him to come back in whenever he seems to be cleared in a sense. Well, look, I'm not that kind of a doctor, but I am a doctor. So I will just say, um, I mean, really it's, it, it's a matter of, we should no matter what be able to have the depth that even if we're not as strong as we want to be, that you can let players actually get healthy. Right. So that the, the priority should be having fully healthy players. We're in, it's the beginning of the season. We're not in a crunch. We should be able to have the players out there. So yeah, absolutely. He should sit out for a month, two months, whatever he needs. I, I want him out till after the all-star game. Yep. Like don't, don't even bother. I want him in Plan. the all-star game though, because he's so awesome. I want him, you know, what'll happen is because Heath is coaching the all-star game. Oh, that's right. Uh, 
uh, he'll bring in Metonair and then he'll re pull his hammy. <laughs> I just, I can't believe. I can't, well, A, he can appoint one a couple players, so he definitely yeah. is going to bring in Metonair. Oh, God, what if he appoints Fred Emmings as goalkeeper? Yeah. Oh, for no, no, he's bringing in a boo. I, I'm just in totally ready for him to rail against all the people who are undercounting, who are um, uh, making making the all-star team the underdogs in this. Do we know who we're playing, by the way? No, not yet. Oh, my God. Uh, but regardless, the power rankings are not going to be high enough for him. It's watch, watch him, watch him sign Harrison Heath to like a five day contract just to bring him in to the all-star game. Chase Gasper is back in team training. He wasn't in the 18 against Colorado, but it's a fantastic to see him back in there. I think he was in the stadium as well. I think some people saw him. Yeah. And like um, section 25. So. Yeah. So congratulations. I'm, you know, we obviously know literally nothing um, other than he was out getting some help. And uh, I hope that he did get that help. We're all big fans of him. So, and big fans of getting help. Um, the loons, we're going to talk a little bit about this in the preview, but the loons play forward Madison for the first time ever, uh, other than like closed door friendlies in the open cup on 420. Heath says there will be a lot of changes in the lineup, uh, possibly some Minnesota United two players. And that brings us to, we had the uh, second MNUFC two, the dose loons, the electric boogaloo, um, the doubloons, whatever you want to call them. Uh, we had the second home game that they played this, this Sunday. And um, I totally remembered at 1215, and proposed it to my son Emil because um, he can't really come to seven p.m. games because I don't want him up that late. So we, uh, yeah, we just kind of went over with um, my friend Andre who brought his other seven-year-old, and um, the two of them just like loudly talked the entire time, and enter- entertaining and kind of driving everyone else crazy. But the great thing about these games is there was only like 200 people there. So you could just sit wherever you want. You just got to go right. They only have the one half of the, the or a quarter of the stand open. Um, about the game, we won for nothing. We had a few kind of first team starters in there. Unu and uh, Abu Dinladi. We had um, O'Neill Fisher and um, DJ Taylor. I'm trying to think of the other like kind of main guys we, we see who are starting there. Um, McMaster um, started as well, played the 90. Um, I'll, did, I'll say, did Hayes play at all? Hayes did play. Hayes started and played most of the game. Because um, the, the first one I went to, he was like captain. Kind of just You could tell he was like running everything and everyone else was just kind yeah. of listening to him. Yeah, and you had some younger guys who, you know, I just know nothing about Ramos, who's a very tall center back. Um, and I'll say the... the I won't say much negative about it because I, th- I think there were a couple players. Um, I was very much not impressed with Eric Dick. And I, I yelled that be- in part because I knew Fred Emming's family was like 20 feet in front of me. Um, uh. but, but Eric Dick, I was not impressed. I, w- I won't be too mean, but, um, but I was hoping to see Fred out there is what I'm saying. Um, Nabi Kibinguchi, Kibinguchi, Kibinguchi is, he was great. He was really good. He had an absolute thunder bastard. Um, he played central midfield and then he was moved to right back. Um, I don't, he, he was a little sloppy on the ball at times. I think that he's got an extra step uh, to go in his game, but I just love watching him play. Aziel Jackson came out in the second half, which makes me think that he's might play on 420 because they didn't use him the whole game. Um, 
because he he's so much fun to watch. He's one of the best players out there. He was yeah. really fun to watch on the ball. And if we're going to play with no Reynoso, like if we're going to rest Reynoso, I think Aziel is a, a type of guy who you could play. He's not quite, he's definitely not anywhere near the Reynoso level of number 10 there, but he's a creative guy who could play in spaces there. So I'd love to see him play. Um, he came from the Red Bulls, right? Yep. Came from their academy. Um, and, and didn't didn't uh, Unu and Donali, Donali uh, use your words, Corey? Jesus, um, didn't Unu and Donali? Yeah, exactly. Um, didn't they only play the first half? Is that right? Yeah, they yep. definitely were be sa- being saved for Wednesday. Um, right. Yeah, and and I mean they were all saved on Sunday anyway. But. Unu did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Unu did get a goal. I think he got like a toenail to it. Um, yeah, I, I would say there were players out there like Nico Hansen who he just he I'm he looked like he was not into it and I don't know, man. If you're fighting for a first team spot, you gotta you gotta fight where you are because there were some guys out there who were very hungry. Um, Pacheco is this guy who he scored in the other one of the other games. I'd never is don't it, know anything about is him. It Pacheco or Pachenko? Pacheco. There's no N in the middle. The announcer kept saying Pachenko, like like the figure skate, mm-hmm. or like yeah. something like that. Is like he is a figure like, skate. He has an amazing mustache, superb mustache. That's the, that's what you really need to know. No, but he was he looked interesting. There are some people out there. I will just say, just generally to people, the, the next game is I think May fourteenth or something, um, and I paid ten bucks for each ticket, but um, my friend Andre, who showed up like literally and bought it right at the gate, paid like eight bucks. It's like dynamic pricing. So you just buy it on the app right before oh, you go Oh, so in. don't buy early. Don't buy early. No, just show up. And, and no, just show up and if do it. the weather stunk, but like if it was nice, like it was such a fun time. Um, the the yeah. food was, it was like um, last night's hot dogs for like 12 bucks and stuff like that. That was kind of a bummer. Um, so I spent a lot of, money on concessions and none on the ticket and the concessions were terrible. Did, did it give you a little bit of a Nessie vibe at all or? No, cause there was no, it was just kind of people spattered around hanging, okay. but I will just say it was fun for me to take my kid and just watch some soccer. It was a fun game. Um, yeah, a kid named Yaya Toure came in in the second half for Colorado and got two yellow cards in 20 minutes. Um, so it's good. It was it was great. So I'm actually like excited to go to these games now because they're just they're they are kind of super affordable, and uh, I'm gonna make sure to eat before I go, and uh, maybe I'll I'll buy one eleven dollar beer. Um, that's it. Should we How's talk? security? <laughs> it's the same. How's sec- Is it really? How's yep. security? Why are you? What are you planning? <laughs> You're gonna. So, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just thinking. Like, if I show up at halftime, are they still gonna take tickets? Or like, can I? Oh yeah, there's right? probably still there. I mean, it's. I just told you the tickets like eight bucks, buddy. I know, but if I show up at, at, at halftime and I look, it's only four dollars. That's what he wants to know. $4? I don't know. I don't know. They're, they'll pay you like, at some point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's talk about this game. Uh, Minnesota United three. Colorado Wap- Ra- <laughs> Rapids one, Cabo Wapids. It's the uh, it's the it, no, it's actually the Cardi B, uh, Cardi B FC, the 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 Wapids. Oh, oh wow, you made that joke. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate it. 
just give me that. Just, just give so me need, need a second. <laughs> oh. <laughs> need another second. Um, first half, Minnesota United. I, I will say, first 70th minute. I, I think I'm the, the minority on this. I want to start with the negative things. Minnesota were really bad. I mean, we got a goal. We had some chances. But by the 70th minute, we should have been down 4-1. to one. Um, and, he, and the the only the only difference is that Dane St. Clair. So let's talk about Dane St. Clair. Obviously the man of this match. How many saves did he have? Did any, anyone catch that? Um, he Middle had, seven, I think. Yeah, he was fantastic. Um, he obviously, he and Debassi teamed up for a colossally bad goal to let them equalize in the uh, 44th minute, I believe. It looks like Dane would have had it too if Debassi hadn't poked it away I don't from know. him. Dane did I don't not know. look like he was coming out with it was any so weird. That, authority. That goal was just so weird because, like, my whole thing is when I'm at, I always go about the 42nd or 43rd minute and beat the rush to the bathroom, and it was so weird coming back and having the it's still going. Be like, what's going on out here? And then saw the replays, and I don't. It was after watching it, it, it looked. It was just weird. It was like, yeah. It, I mean, Dane looked like he would have had it. And then they're just like, hey, that, that weird bounce through and like, and oh God. I mean, I, I think I'm on team. I'm on team Rodrigo. And this one, like Rubio just looks like a smug asshole. And I just want everything bad to happen to him. Here's, here's the thing. I, I, I if, if, let me, let me just put this in. If, the, because this goal counted, that just means that LAFC got robbed in the El Trafico. Because, that was literally kind of like a, a similar situation where like the, the player was offsides, but because of the the player touched it, the defender touched it, he was able to walk it in. Um, I will say Dane had all the authority of like Patton Oswald as a traffic cop. Uh, <laughs> like he, he, he was just like, Oh, Oh, I'm going to get the ball. Yeah, it was bad. Um, so I, I thought that we did not look good for almost all of this game. And, and I say that because Colorado Rapids played with this um, three-man back line. Um, I mean, with when you have like Jack Price in front there too, you, you just have this incredibly, they just owned the midfield. Jack Price and Mark Anthony Kay were just like, we could not pass anywhere through the midfield. So we had to go completely around. So we had like 7 million percent possession in the first half in particular, and just couldn't do anything with it. Right. We, we could not get a run of play goal. We could get some corners out there because we could run around the edges and get in there. But um, I did, I thought Colorado looked really good against us. Now they couldn't create that much, but they were, they were getting some, uh, um, some decent chances and, uh, and then eventually more and more in that second half. And um, I think that the game, the Colorado game plan worked except, and then we'll, we'll talk, we'll move forward. Do we want to talk about that last 20 minutes or you want to hit some other points here first? No, I think you're, I think you're not giving credit where credit is due. Like if you remember, like there were some, like in the, especially in the first half, like uh, there were some really good balls that just picked uh, Colorado's three-man backline apart. Like there was that one that was like the perfectly placed ball over, in, splitting the two center backs that Kamar Lawrence ran over and like had that one touch and then yes. send it in. Like it was great. There was that some, was great from Kamar. Yeah. There was there was a couple instances like that where like those happened and like they were they had a lot of opportunities, but again, like everything, like we just we didn't finish them until we finally scored that one goal. But like 
I think if you look at the sum of the opportunities in the first half, like we had way more than Colorado did. Hmm. Am I off? So like, oh, I, I guess now I'm looking at the expected goals from the first half and we had 0.75 to their 0.45, but um, I, I think 0.4 of that is Fragapane. And I, I think Fragapane continues to be extremely underwhelming. And, and I mean, I mean, that's a good segue to the stuff that I was looking up, which the numbers for this match kind of reinforce some of the other, uh, the eye test that I had for the last couple that we've been talking about, which was like the, one of the big issues. And I think this is what we saw with our chance creation in the first half or why finishes, while we weren't finishing good chances. And part of that was, Reynoso clearly has a preference for who he likes to play through and play with when they're on the pitch. Um, and one of the things that I went through was looking at what I'm calling like the Reynoso and Fragapane problem is that when you went through all of Reynoso's passes, passes from Ray to another player, an overwhelming majority were to Fragapane out to the left or, or parallel, close, tight, uh, you know, back and forth play. Six were to Robin Lud out on the right. Three to Luis Amaria in front of him. Um, passing from another player to Reynoso, obviously, as you would expect, um, about eight each from Ariaga and Trap. Five from our, uh, uh, Amaria, five from Fragapane, four from Lud. The biggest number that was surprising, but not surprising, I guess, just like how how much more it was. Was that like in, when you combine the passing interactions, Ray and Frank Payne had 14 total interactions, which is the highest combination of any two players on the pitch for the entire match. With the rest of the front four, Lud and Amaria had 11, Ray and Robin Lud had 10, uh, Ray and Amaria had eight, um, and then Amaria and Frank Payne had seven. Basically, what this is telling us is like Reynoso likes to combine with Frank. And last season, there were some really, really, really great moments. And Frank Payne was actually creating. He was on target a little bit more. He was scoring a couple of goals, especially when he first came in. The issue when you dig deeper is that Reynoso was obviously more on his game this week. Uh, involved in all three goals, whether you want to do the hockey assist thing or not, he was directly involved with the lead up or had the assist himself. When you look at the stats with Fragapane, when he's involved, he was involved in two chances. Both were off-target shots. So his biggest chances that were created in combination with Reynoso led to less than ideal shots. That Whether it's a low, per, a low percentage or expected goal, I don't particularly care. They were just off-target because they were taking shots in less than ideal positions. The thing that is different is when you combine Reynoso and Robin Lud, they're almost equal in terms of their involvement and in, in really great goals. And we can talk about Robin Lud moving to the striker position when we get to the subs and how he's still our best striker. But the biggest issue right now is that Reynoso with Fragapane being his favored partner on the pitch to create is not doing anything for this team right now. And even though that we know that Fragapane has quality, he hasn't shown it. And when he does drive into the box, he's not creating chances for 
uh, his other teammates either because he's not passing to them. And so it's that's a hugely frustrating point. And I think one of the reasons that Reynoso did as well as he did this week when he was doing well, it was coming uh, through the playmaking with other members of the team, mainly Robin Lud. So um, I think probably around the 55th minute, it was extremely clear to everyone within 40 feet of me that we should be making a change and that Colorado smelled blood. And they were, they had, they had probably, uh, I think it was in the 55th minute where I was like, holy shit, this, I said to those people in the 40 feet very loudly, this, this should be three, one, we are, we are getting our asses kicked. Um, Dane kept us in that game. And, um, and then in the 70th minute, we finally got a change here. And that was Bongi coming in and Dunlade coming in, Amaria and Fragapane going out. Amaria, again, he like does a lot of the work. It's like Unu. He does a lot of the work, but there's just not that final product there. Um, do you want to say something on that before I move? Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just thinking, do you guys think that because um, because Amarilla comes to the comes it shortens the the field more because he's coming to the ball trying to play quickly and then move forward so therefore like he's not really like stretching out the defense right like 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 we 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 saw with like with the long balls and all the other stuff that we were seeing i i figure that he's his first touch is not the greatest right now but he's always looking to pass and not looking to to turn and and take someone one-on-one and and, and try to beat someone i think that's one of my issues with amarilla right now is this is He's trying to do too much. All he really needs to do is get the ball and shoot. Well, I think we're trying to play as a compact unit where you've got inverted wingers who are coming in. You've got Reynoso moving. So you have these four players who are moving around and and playing with one another. I think that that's part of the plan there with that plan A. Um, But really, it's just his finishing, right? I mean, he had a really good chance when uh, Robin Lud set him up. and he just kind of took a big, heavy touch and couldn't get anything off of it. Yeah. Oh, and then also that that interplay between uh, Amaria and Frank Payne on that breakaway was just painful to watch when they were coming down in the first half. And like, Frank Pony was on the break, put it out to Amaria, who tried to cut it back. It was just all kinds of terrible. And they just totally just wrecked like a, like a fantastic scoring opportunity. And like, just, which is which, which is the exact opposite of what happens later in the match when Robin Lud is playing a little bit more centrally. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah. Go ahead, let's Rose. let's go to that. So so we get um, Bongi and Dunlady coming in, and and for me, for my eyes, um, why Sky Scout does not agree with me, but maybe we can talk about this. For my eyes, it looked like a four four two. Reynoso went out to the wing. It looked like Dunlady was playing up very close to Robin Lud. Um, it changed around a little bit. I don't want to get caught up on what the actual numbers are to the formation, but the main point is that Robin Lude was up top. Dunlady was playing closer to him. Reynoso vacated the center and was playing more on the wing um, at times. Um, then Dunlady moved to being uh, out on the wing. And, you know, lo and behold, um, 77th minute, this is a, a Reynoso and Dotson moment where they connect. Dotson crosses. Lude is there Johnny on the spot? How many times have we seen him do this? Get to the right place, pulled off Abubakar, and just finishes. 
two minutes later, we're not done uh, celebrating the 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 go ahead two one goal, and um, Kamar Lawrence gives it to Bongi, who sends it to Ray. Ray has a, a an amazing pass on the break to find Robin Lud. Lud just takes it, sends it to D- Dinladi since uh, Robin Lud has drawn the defenders. Dinladi still has a defender on him, and he does a, a, an amazing. I think this is a, a really top notch finish at the back post. I was not excited about Dunlady coming in. Dunlady proved um, himself very useful with that. I mean, it was a really good finish from him. So, so then we well, go three one up. The thing, the thing that I want to go back to the to the second goal. There's a couple of things there. One, Hassani Dotson was functioning more like Metinair and getting forward and staying close to the touchline and getting forward in that vacated space like Metinair usually does and then crosses it in. That's a Metinair style assist. If yeah. if you want to talk about the kind of the kind of thing that Heath wants from his fullbacks. Well, we could talk about Dotson if we want, but while we're on the subject of Abu Damadi, when you looked at that goal, Abu was dragging the center backs to that far post to vacate that space that Robin Lloyd could then get into. Abu's positioning in this match was really, really smart to be able to draw defenders off of Robin Lud, not just um, not just his speed or, or functioning as a second striker, but I mean, but really, like that almost is like a a tried and true four four two style right. play where you do have those two strikers that are causing chaos in the box. Yeah, Rodrigo. No. No, I was going to say, and similar, just to play off of that too, is that uh, like if you go, even if you go back to Robin Lude, uh in the one of the like sitters that Amaria missed, it was Robin Lude who like dragged the defenders to the near post and opened up Amaria for those sitters. Like Robin Lude is just very good at making those runs and opening up the center of the pitch for that for those kind of crosses and being able to for and scoring opportunities. Like it's a very like it's why we're good when Robin Lude is playing in that striker position because he's the one that's, he's just very meticulous about his runs and knowing where to go and what to do at the, at, to open up that space for other players. I think also too, is like, we've real we touched about it. Like we, we've talked about how like switching into a two attacking um, system, two forward system is, is something that you want to do when you are chasing or when you need to press and do that. And I think Don Lottie did it, with his speed and his, his awareness of where he needs to go to space can be useful in that aspect of it when we need to do that. But I think it only really works when you have someone like Robin Lode playing that other striker. I think Amaria has tried to and it's not working as well, but I, I think it, it, it really works well when you have someone who knows where to move and where to touch the ball. Uh, and I think at the same time, we saw a glimpse of what it looks like when when, as Corey pointed out, when Ray starts trusting some of the left back or the right back, and I think Dotson w- was key on that. Dotson was getting the ball and he was penetrating, right? And something that we've been we've been asking for and we've been at- talking about since last season is like as soon as we penetrate into that box, square the ball right to the middle. So there should be someone there to be able to take a shot. No, and one thing too, like on that Dotson cross that like led to Lude's goal. You have to give a lot of credit to Ray as well because he took he he dribbled as Rodrigo always says dribble at the defenders. He did that, took two defenders with him, and that's what opened up Dotson on the outside. 
and then eventually gave you know opened up the loot. It, it was a similar kind of it was a similar kind of one v one one v two scenario that led to the Debasi goal on the on the on the uh, the recycled corner kick. But the last thing I want to say about Abu is, you know, we are critical of Abu Dunlady, and we have been for several weeks. When we are playing in that plan A system, right? When as he's not our he's not our number nine striker. He's not a good winger, but they clearly, he clearly had a defined role to play in whatever you want to call it a 4 4 2 when we have the ball, a 4 5 1 when we're in defense. I don't, I don't care. It's when he is playing off of another striker and has a partner like that, he can be very dangerous. And that's, I think, what we, you know, I was pleasantly surprised to see that. Right, and I, and I think to touch on that four five one thing is that I think that's what what makes it less of a strain on on Don Lottie because he doesn't have to play defense, right? He's like that extra midfielder that gets to walk around and, and try to figure out. And as soon as we are on a counter, we get the ball. He just takes off and then makes makes defense have to have to be aware where he, he he's is. an out he's an outlet for that cluttered midfield. Yeah, exactly. So, so like when when you do that, it, it really becomes interesting and you become more dynamic in a sense. But the question that Wes is want to ask us is just let me ask it. Yeah, which is okay. Then could we start with this four four two? Because you guys have brought this up on this podcast, and I've made fun of you because um, I don't think it's realistic. Um, but hey, man, it worked. So is does this system only work as a Plan B, like, look, we need to push the games going to the chaotic state because in the 70th minute is when basically, um, you know, Minnesota United goes crazy. Um, or could we start with this and make this work? With the caveat saying we were playing against a three-man back line when two forwards are particularly useful. But could we start with this lineup and use Robin Lud as a, from the beginning, Striker up top with somebody, Dunlady or Unu or Amaria. Yes, Great. and you know what I, I was is going back to last year when you were like, Lude is our best striker. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. You know what? This is Adrian Heath's system. It sucks for strikers. So stop putting strikers up in there and just put Robin Lude there. Have him do his thing. He's he is like a a thinking man. Soccer player is a bad thing to say, but he is like his his soccer intelligence is fantastic. Like he knows when to make a run and where to make a run too. And having that up front, it doesn't matter if he's like a finisher or whatever you want for your striker. You don't need that when you're the guy who's just absorbing all of that defensive pressure and like. And pulling it away from other people who can score, and like that's why we're so good with scoring from the wing because we can. Whoever, uh, when Lude was up top, he pulls defense to him and opens up other people. Like he, I think it's more that he just pops up. He's like Nightcrawler, right? And he just like whoop, suddenly there, yeah. and he just like he's like all, he's like the all he's of a sudden like the you guys, your guys' eyes is, eyes just perked up. They're like, oh, he said something nerdy. It's it's you look you look at. My answer to that question? No, I don't think we're going to ever start with a four four two. Okay, um, like maybe against Madison, maybe in the Open Cup to try some shit. I don't think we're ever going to start with it. Um, I think we will start with a four two three one. 
I think uh, Robin Lud should be starting up top, whether you want to call him a false nine, which is what he is when he is playing as a striker. He is not a target man, number nine, hold up, play striker. He is a false nine that plays a little bit deeper, plays off of Reynoso, causes chaos. Look at every time that we've done that for extended periods of time. The run into the 2020 playoffs, mm-hmm. which we absolutely crushed it with Reynoso there, mm-hmm. and Robin Lud sitting in front of him. Mm-hmm whether it was Kevin Molino, Fragapane last year when we had some really great success. When were we really, really successful? When Robin Lud was up top, whether he actually plays up top is irrelevant. But if he's the, if he's the one in the four, two, three run and he's playing back, he's playing back a little bit and somebody else covers the wings. Let me know. Successful. Let me me just, let me paint this picture for you. You got got Robin Lud up there making a little dropping into space, doing stuff. You got Reynoso pulling some threads. And you got Bongi out on the left. Just you, you put you. Basically, he's like you. You put some sticks of dynamite in him, and he's just running at them. And the the opposition is like, what the hell? There's there's Bongi with dynamite in him, and then you've got Robin Lou who just like the ball shows up to him because they're distracted. Johnny on the spot puts it away. Fox in the box. And then he's they get a, to and then and then they get to do the matching Robin Hood celebration. Oh no 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 no! We I have one even better. It. Imagine. If Robin Lude does his arrow thing and then the arrow goes and hits Bongi and it explodes his dynamite. Yeah. So let's finish this segment uh, <laughs> on this, which is that Robin Lude scores his goal. Bongi shadows him and does the shadow uh, bow and arrow celebration with great. him. Yeah. Oh my God. It's Just, so delightful. You can't make yeah. me love Bongi more. Just who was, be, what if, who, who, was, what if, who was the photographer? Yeah. Was it Daniel or um, whoever yeah, got was, the picture? Uh, Daniel uh, Mick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan Mick. Yeah, um, let's take great. a uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We've got some uh, previews of these upcoming games and some Twitter questions. All right, let's finish this podcast. We've got a little bit of preview of what's coming up here because on Wednesday, six p.m. Minnesota versus Forward Madison. This is a fantastic game. Loons v Mingos. I've been waiting for this for at least three years, however long this team's existed. Minnesota um, now still only, the only real, um, or sorry, the Mingos only have the the one real connection of having uh, um, Neil Lavity, former Minnesota player, as their assistant coach. Fantastic human being. We've got a bunch of people going out to the game. If you're going, which Mark, you are, yes. I am going, yeah. I'm on the Death Loon Express. Uh, bringing a 30 pack of hams. Um, That's what I do. It's going to be a blast. I hope you guys have a great time. Uh, and um, the Mingos fans are, are fantastic people. Um, and if you're not going to go, then you should watch this game. Watch it with me at Blackheart. I'm going to be bartending because uh, my bartender called off and I was like, well, I might as well. Can I come over and order a brandy old fashioned and then take a photo of you throwing it into the trash and sending oh, it to actually, forward you know, I've never made a brandy old fashioned. I, oh, I don't ever make them. They're, they're terrible. They're the worst cocktails in the history of okay. cocktails. Don't ask me for one then. So I will not make it. So great. Oh, you can have a, you can have one of our old fashioned, the St. Pauli old fashioned. Um, so that's going to be great. Forward Madison. I think, I think our um, second team, I know people were upset about Heath saying that basically it was not going to be the starters. Um, Our depth is good enough that our second team should be able to beat these guys. So I actually don't have a problem with this. I mean, I think you can put a few players out there. um, You know, I think Boxall should still play. Um, Or, you know, 
you know, Boxall and, and Coleman, right? You know, you you put Tyler Miller out there, you put O'Neill Fisher and DJ Taylor, and you know, those are these are good players. They should be able to dispatch dispatch forward Madison pretty handily. Um, it's not going to be an easy game, but um, and then this weekend, four p.m. Saturday, Chicago Fire coming to town. So it is like a uh, a real Great Lakes rivalry week here. Um, Chicago are seventh in the East. We have only hosted Chicago once before, I believe, at TCF Bank On Stadium. On St. Patrick's Day at oh, TCF that's Bank right. Stadium. Oh, yeah, there were some messy people that day. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, that's going to be great as well. I think there's a dance party. There's a Chicago DJ who's going to be at Blackheart that night. And uh, they also have an Open Cup match against Union Omaha on Tuesday. Ooh. So, um, yeah, good good stuff. Anyone have anything to say about those games, or should we move to the questions? Um, It'll be fun. What time is the game before the Madison game? Is that 7? That's at 6 four, o'clock. Yeah. 6 okay. o'clock. Yeah. I, and then, I, and I, also, I, the um, Chicago game is an early start. It's a 4 o'clock start. Mm-hmm. Also something yeah, that, I just said. The 23rd, the 23rd, you know, my birthday is on the 25th, so I might just go all out on that day and just actually purchase beer from... I have um, two of my brothers in town this week, so you can meet the other giants that are out, the Burdines, including my... Is it going to be like that scene? Like scene I mean, that scene in uh, Lord of the Rings where like the tree. I was literally just going to yeah. ask if, if Rodrigo and I can go and cosplay as hobbits and yeah. just stand. stand you don't. Under I mean, you don't have to cosplay in, as hobbit guys. I mean, <laughs> in reality, you guys should just all go to the turf club and piss off everybody. Oh yeah, just stand. Oh, <laughs> um, be like, oh, I'm going to get a good spot right by this in front of the stage and just piss off everyone. WB4 says would enjoy hearing your away travel experiences and tips for MLS and other leagues. Um, let's. That that's a big question, but um, I would say um, you guys think of your answers, but um, I, I think I'm I've been kind of blessed enough of having enough uh, Twitter connections in the world now, where I can kind of be like, "Hey, I'm coming to see a game." Um, but even early on, I remember kind of reaching out to some like Toronto people I knew when I was going to speak at a conference up there, and um, uh, you know, there's this was probably six years ago and and someone kind of was like hey i'll get you a ticket and they bought me drinks and we hung out with some people and it was a fantastic game um you know it's kind of weird when you're just like a rando and you're reaching out to people uh but sometimes that can work um but really like showing up at the tailgate with um another team and just like introducing yourself if you're that kind of person um sometimes people are are weird and sometimes most of the time they're pretty awesome I, yeah i'd say i've I'm saying like we we've done a couple of minnesota united away matches and i would say like if you're doing an away match book through get like if you can do the away ticket travel through minnesota wonderwall that's super helpful especially if you're not like super outgoing because there's usually an email that gets sent around to talk about like here's pre-match stuff like when we went to the philly match at the opening of the season the sons of Ben reached out to us and got us member discounts for the tailgate, which included like, like free breakfast and, you know, you got some drinks and you got to hang out and it was super great. And, um, if you're into the scarf trading thing, bring some extra scarves that you don't care about and you can get some, uh, fun collectibles, but it's generally it's, it's super fun. Like, you know, if there's ever a city that 
is either close to other friends or family that that um, the loons are playing at. We'll use that and book a longer weekend and go yeah. spend a couple of days in the city rather than just going in and out. But um, yeah, it's fun. New School says, how many goals do you think we have to score on forward before we see Neil Lavity blow his fucking top like he used to? Neil, who I mentioned is the assistant coach there now, he was, when he was a midfielder for NSC Minnesota Stars, uh, he was one of the angriest men I've ever met. I've, I've said this before, he and Connor Tobin were just two absolute rage machines. And uh, I remember Neil then went to FC Edmonton from here and um we beat them and he like wouldn't come over and and say hi to the dark clouds he like purposely avoided everyone um but neil now is like he's like a taxpayer now he's like he's just like such a nice man he like goes to church and he's like he um he wears glasses he like became old suddenly so i don't think he'll blow his top like he used to but, so six goals then. But Matt, goals. but their head coach, yeah, six goals is the answer. Matt Glazier, their their um, head coach, uh, used to be a goalkeeper in um, NASL era. So you can go look up his. I forget who he used to play for. Now that I think about it, Tampa Bay maybe. But um, you can heckle him. Like go research these guys. Just heckle the hell out of them, man. You this is it, it's such a great stadium. Um, that they play in. So Brian Wallace says, would people really be complaining about Unu's absence if he was a 200,000 player instead of a $2 million player? Being expensive does not make him good. No, but the whole point, Brian, is that we've cut bait on a guy who we spent a lot of resources on. I think that I think you can't separate the fact that he's a, a $2 million player. We, he, we didn't give him time to develop or to, or to really get you know, into the game. Um, and the, the really funny part too, is that like Adrian Heath prepared us for this. Like, he's like, we got to give him the loot, the Robin Lude treatment, like give him time. Yeah. Give him space. He's going to prosper. Just wait. And you'll be pleasantly surprised. And the first round we're like, no, fuck that. Fuck Robin Lude. And then we're like, oh yeah, no, 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 no. So no, like, no and now we're no ready for saying it. That. They were and saying now he that. won't let us have it. Like, I, I don't get it. Don't don't uh, change history here. No one was saying fuck Robin Lude. They were saying it's this guy is obviously being played out of position. Why are we why are we dropping Miguel Ibarra, who's been good, for this guy who is not good in this position? Atheist Space Laser says went to the game Saturday. Dotson looks sad. He looks like someone doing part of their job they dislike the most. What's his future? Um, no idea on any of those things. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he yep. looked sad, but um, no idea what his future is. I wish I had he something. He looked frustrated. Insightful. Did he? Because okay. he was he was he was making runs and like, like, I think I think once Reynoso started feeding him the ball on the wing, he was like, "Oh, I can go play." And so that's that's I think that's a big part of it. Also, he had a kid. He has a newborn. His uh, fiance. I don't think they they got married yet. She's not. They're not moving here. His family won't be here until the summertime. From uh, Instagram thing that I saw at some point. So it's like, that's gotta be tough. You know, like you have your newborn that you get to see when you are either on the West coast or, you know, during international break. So at least he's able to sleep a full night of sleep. So, Oh yeah, totally. Um, Red breasted nut hatch says is our best number nine, Robin Lude. Yes. I've been saying that for forever. Thank you. Glad you 
I've been paying attention. Um, Johan Jukov says, do you think Freddie Adu will play soccer again at any level? He turns 33 in June and has, has been a free agent for over a year after being released by a Swedish third division club who claimed he didn't have the physical and mental ability to compete. Uh, I think you answered the question there, Johan. Yeah, I think Freddie needs to... I think there, there was that one, one year where he was coaching and that's the happiest I've seen him in a while. I think he just needs to go back to that. I think the happiest I've, I've seen I mean, him. I, I would love for him to come back and just play somewhere and do okay. Just so that Grant Wall can do another episode of that podcast because his podcast on Freddie Adu was great. And I just that, want... Uh, the one that our friend Jeffrey Basoy was the producer on. Oh, well, it's probably that. why it was so great. Um, but yeah, no. And like, honestly, like once you get through all the episodes on that, you're like, I just want this guy to be happy and do well. And like, that's all you want for him. And like, I still, that's all I want for him. Scott Mink says, can we have player specific chance? If so, how do we present these to the board? Um, yeah, there's, there's like a magical thing of how songs get happen. Basically you, you just have to tell your like 30 friends around you that you're going to do them and then do them. Uh, you can talk to and, and, and meet some of the capos and talk to them about it and learn about it. We do have some player specific chants, including um, there was a man. He ran so fast and bongy was his name. Oh, B O N G I B O. Oh. Anyway, I want to say like I, when I, I rewatched uh, Saturday's match yesterday mm-hmm. and Oh man, the, um, the will trap chant really comes through very, very clear Funny. on the audio from the broadcast. Like super, super clear. And um, I, I was laughing quite a bit when I was hearing that. It was fantastic. Wait. So make sure if that player-specific chant comes up, make sure you do that as loud as possible because you will be heard on TV and it is pretty awesome. Yeah, well, I they, always well, find they, like yeah, they, I just took something from TV uh, stuff really cringeworthy. But this is from KCITTI. Um, I'm going to try to change how this because it doesn't, they didn't quite make it make sense here. But did Minnesota United basically ever kind of come back to the supporter section and try to make up that they alienated during COVID-19? It still seems light to me down there. Like, what's happening, basically? I think that that is a reality right now. Um, you look at the stadium, and it is not what it was pre-COVID. And the supporter section in particular is lighter. Um I will will say that there have been a couple meetings between the um, supporters group leaders and Sherry Ballard over the winter. It, they're pretty. Um, I, I've heard very good, nice things about Sherry, but there's also like, um, don't ask ask her about X, Y, and Z. You know, we're not going to talk about those things, etc. I don't think the team has um, ever. I don't think they think they did anything wrong. I don't think they've tried to kind of figure out how to make amends or, or build anything from there. I think that there's just a big um, gap in general of, of just kind of understanding and, and relating to the fans, not just the, the supporters group leadership, but the supporters. Um, maybe that will take some time. Um, some of the post COVID stuff is, is maybe a little natural, but it definitely is a little sparse in there. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts here. I mean, the concourses aren't as packed. Um, you know, I don't, I don't sit in the Wonderwall. I, 
you know, it, it doesn't feel as packed. That's for sure. I mean, the, the total number of people coming out to stadiums, I think it's, I think it's all of those things where it's post COVID stuff. I mean, we're still in COVID, but it's like, you know, post restrictions. Um, I think it's comfort levels. I think it's still the weather. Um, I think it's how the team is or is not um, succeeding or winning, winning games. And if they are, they're not winning by, you know, more than a goal uh, per match. And it's also just general attrition where we're not new anymore. And the stadium isn't new anymore. And there's not a lot of stuff that's pulling people into the stadium. It, it seems to me like the team has a lot of work to do right now to get people really excited about it. Some of that is just playing better soccer. Some of that is um, just figuring out how to... Um, create a narrative around themselves that they're fun. And it's hard to do all those things when the wolves are in the playoffs and things like yeah. that. And, and when the wild have just also clinched the playoffs and are also playing very, very well. And, and the, you and have the, a team that's playing and, mediocre and the twins are doing okay. And it's like, you know, it's, it's a relatively saturated market. I think in general, the, I've said for a long time that the team kind of coasts on what the dark clouds and the wonder wall have created and that they need to figure out a way to actually, um, actually really create some buzz there. And, and that's the that's the job they have, you know? That's what they're there to do. And so hopefully they can do it because I do want to see the Wonderwall a little bit more electric. Um, I, that's the end of the podcast. Let's just call it there. Thanks, my friends. Um, we'll see some of you on Wednesday. Some of you will be in Madison on Wednesday. The rest we'll see on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Or we'll just talk to you next week when we have two games to talk about my friends so thank you and uh you're beautiful you're sexy and everyone loves you